Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Hi, uh, welcome to My Driven Community Call. This call is dedicated to targeted individuals. Targeted individuals are victims of a government harassment, psychological harassment uh, program that was created to cover up the experimentation uh, on targets using uh, directed energy weapons, using mind control technology, and also microchipping of uh, the targeted uh, person. Person. So I have myself have been a target, target individual for over 12 years, and um, you know it, I experienced a lot of uh, mobbing, uh, job mobbing, as well as mobbing uh, by society, uh, in which when you as a target leave your home, you are constantly psychologically harassed on the street by strangers. Uh, if you are working, you go to work, you are bullied and harassed on the job. Uh, they will do things to undermine your ability to do your job in a proper uh, fashion and manner. Also, uh, you will be targeted uh, as you uh, go outside in society. Um, whether you go to a store, uh, they will know where you're going and they will place people within those stores to psychologically hurt harass you, okay? And um, this is, like I said, the psychological aspect of this uh, program, uh, which, you know, it is an experimental program, but it, there's two parts to it. One is the experimentation using directed energy weapons and also mind control uh, weapons, which can be directed energy weapons also, and they run a psychological discrediting campaign, which is to manipulate you, to set you up, to get you to uh, maybe uh, commit a crime or to get you to turn to drugs or other uh, negative uh, things uh, that they can use against you to try to shut you up if you ever uh, talk about the experimentation that they do with you. So they will uh, tap your phone. They will... Uh, you know, tap your cell phone, your home phone, uh, your computer. They will access your computer. They will change stuff in your computer, and especially when they know that you're gathering evidence to prove uh, your uh, what it is that you're saying about being uh, harassed and, 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 and experimented on. They will access your computer and they will delete uh, videos, uh, uh, you know, uh, whatever information that you find, they will try to get rid of those on your computer. For me, uh, they, uh, especially, uh, they stole my camera, which I used to record evidence. And um, when they stole my camera, they disabled the camera function on my cell phone so that I couldn't even use my cell phone to uh, record. And um, 
eventually uh, I, I was able to get my phone to work again because um, they had uh, downloaded a virus on my phone. And um, eventually they had to disable the SD card. And so I was able to uh, prevent the SD card from having from me having to reformat it. And uh, I was still able to uh, keep the SD card out of, out of my phone. Uh, uh, um, so I get the SD card reader on my uh, desktop, and I was able to run a virus uh, scan on it. And when I did that, uh, I put it back into my uh, phone, and my SD card was readable now. Okay, And so they'll do stuff like that. Just to prevent you as a target from gambling, any kind of evidence because they want to keep this as a psychological program. So if you gather evidence to say, well, you know, this is what happened and you can prove it, okay, they can no longer use the mental illness card against you to try to discredit you, okay? So um, this, that's the extent that they will go to any extent. Uh, they will threaten your, your kids. Like for me, they always threaten my kids. Uh, using psychological threats, and um, you know uh, they will uh, get the. I have a five-year-old who is in kindergarten, and they will get the other. The parents of the other students in this class will tell their children to basically lie on my son, saying that he says uh, curse words. You know, my son doesn't say curse words. Okay, and so um, you know he has. You know, sometimes he's misbehaving, and I have him go and apologize to the teacher for his misbehavior. But in terms of him cursing, I tell you just straight up. I said, I don't believe it. I said, these kids are lying on him. And um, she's like, well, they're kids. And I'm like, well, listen, I know my son, okay, and he does not curse. So I said, you know, the behavior stuff, I'll talk to him about, okay. And like I said, every time he misbehaves, I have him go and apologize to his teacher that he's sorry and he, he'll, he'll be himself, and, and that's it. But in terms of him cursing, I don't believe it. And like I said, you know, Children of parents who are in cults who participate in these types of uh, psychological harassment, their kids are likely to participate in it also, okay? Because these children learn from their parents. That's how they keep the generations of perps going, okay? So, you know, it happened today again. You know, this isn't the first time it happened today again. And, uh, you know, I just tell them, I said, listen, I don't believe that you curse, but I need you to you know, you got to be able to. Sometimes, you know, you're going to misbehave, but, you know, you have to behave yourself, you know, the majority of the time. And I said, you know, you're five years old, so I understand, you know, your attention span may not be as me being an adult, um, but, you know, you need to behave. And it doesn't happen all the time. So, you know, I just, you know, you know he doesn't get into tr trouble. I, I may just take away, uh, you know, some computer privileges and stuff like that. But, you know, like I told myself, I don't believe that you curse. And so these kids are lying to you. I don't know. I said, these kids, you'll see that they're not your friends. You know? I said, you know, they will talk to you or have you, but they're not your friends because their parents are teaching them to do and say bad things. So I let them know that. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, and, 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 and that's just the way it is. Even in my target, I go to the gym every night, and not every night, but most nights, and, and I get targeted there when it's tonight and got heavily targeted. Uh, you know, I go buy a lot of tickets like I did uh, a couple of nights ago. And, um, you know, being threatened, psychologically threatened with being arrested if I win 
I wish I could win the lottery because I really want to see them try to arrest him because I will sue every police department they're in, okay, that are involved, from, all the way from the prosecutor to the police to the store that I bought the lottery in. I will sue them, you know, and uh, so, you know, they, 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 they know better. And, I, you know, and look, the CIA's target, they don't want to have any money because, you know, that's, that way we can fight back. When you don't have any money, you can't fight back. And they know this. This is some business classic, you know, CIA, FBI protocol when it comes to targeting people, okay, is to take away their financial stability. Because once they, once they do that, then you have no means to, uh, to fight back. You know, you have is, you know, your experience, and you talk about it, and, you know, but once they label you, once they run the psychological operation and you're labeled, uh, you know, then that's it. Your credibility is gone. And even if you're not labeled, they're still... The minute you talk about it, they'll, they'll label you as, as, as crazy, which is fine. You know, like I say all the time, you want to label me? Fine. I've been labeled, so, you know, but that's what I'm going to shut me up. Because okay? I know eventually someone's out there listening. And not just someone, but people are out there listening. And I'm being reminded of that every single day. So they can, you know, do whatever the hell they want. You know? And I'm going to continue to do whatever the hell I want. I'm going to do this crime that's being committed. Okay, let's move on. So tonight's uh, show, I want to talk about Marvin, okay, really, uh, Marvin on the job and Marvin by society and how it is affecting us as targets, uh, the psychological uh, effects as well as the physical health effects of Marvin bullying. You know, as targets, you know, when we go through Marvin, it is, as they say, bullying on steroids. Okay? So you can imagine uh, the psychological effect and health effect that it has on the individual. So uh, this video that I'm going to play is from Label Video. It's called Bullying on the Job, what it is, who is doing it, and how to stop it. This is a show that they had, uh, and we're in a a couple of educators as well as uh, some uh, psych doctors uh, who have had experience mopping on the job and how it affects them. They decided to create organizations to help other people who are victims of uh, mopping. Okay? So uh, here's the video. I'm going to play it. Uh, it's called Mopping on the Job. Welcome to Labor on the Job. I'm the host, Steve Zelser. Tonight, we're going to be looking at the issue of bullying, what it is, how it affects workers and the public, and what people can do about it. And joining us are some guests who have a lot of knowledge about this subject of bullying. So uh, without further ado, let me introduce my guest. My first is uh, Rhea uh, Settles. Welcome to the show, Rhea. Thank you. And you're a teacher? I'm an educator. I'm currently um, a vice principal. I see. At a high school in the K-12 system. And how long have you been teaching? Uh, this is my 21st year. Okay. 21st year. So, a long time battle in the schools. A, a long time battle in schools, and, and I I think that what makes it really strange even to, to be here is because most people don't believe that this type of behavior occurs in schools because young people are there, so... Okay, well, thanks for joining us. And also joining us is Carrie Clark. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you. And you also have had some experience with 
bullying and also have been a teacher? Yes, I was a high school English teacher for 20 years. And um, I've been an advocate for bullied uh, targets of workplace abuse in the past decade. And so you've been organizing around this issue? Yes. And educating people? Yes, that's, that's my new calling. Okay, well, thanks for joining us on the show tonight. Happy to be here. Also joining us is Dr. Ruth Nami. Welcome to the show, Dr. Ruth. Thank Dr. you. Dr. Nami. And you have been studying this issue, or you're familiar with this issue? Well, uh, you might say I might, I'm probably the reason for the season here. I um, was bullied in um, the uh, mid-1990s, and um, from that, the studies grew, and my husband and I founded an institution, and we do research and write books and work with targets of bullying. So you decided that, uh, that there had to be some serious examination about this whole subject. Yes, sir. After the way I was hurt and how ill I became and after I'd worked through that, we decided we really needed to look at it and find out how we could help other people. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you. And also joining us is Gary Namey. Welcome to the show, Gary. Thank you, Steve. And you're also one of the co-founders of this organization. You're, you're right. And its current current form is the Workplace Bullying Institute. I'm the director. And and it's got um, the research and education arm, and we go all around the country talking about it, do a lot of media on workplace bullying, but we also are advocates for state-based uh, uh, legislation for the healthy, what we call the Healthy Workplace Bill, to bring anti-bullying uh, legal reform. So you're doing both education and organizing? We are. I see. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us on the show. And last but not least, uh, Dr. Bill Lepowski, welcome to the show, Bill. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. And you also have been uh, experienced bullying and also organized against it and are trying to educate people about it. Yes, I'm a teacher at Laney College in Oakland, and uh, for the first 32 years of my career there, I never knew about it, but I encountered it, and uh, I've helped educate folks in my district about this problem. Okay, well, it sounds like we have a lot of people with a lot of experience here <laughs> at this table. What exactly is bullying? Um, people say bullying. What, what is it? I mean, some people think it's natural. It happens, nothing can be done about it. Um, well, let me define it. Okay. It, it, workplace bullying is self-harming mistreatment. So we want to distinguish it from incivility. It's not rude, rudeness or boorishness. It's not little insignificant stuff. We're talking about a full-bore systematic interpersonal campaign of destruction. And it takes the form of either verbal abuse or conduct that's threatening, humiliating, or intimidating. Or it actually prevents work from getting done. It's a form of work interference. All about the bully's personal agenda getting accomplished, undermining legitimate business interests of either, for uh, Bill's situation, a uh, community college or the the public schools or a, a private sector health clinic for Ruth's story. But it, that's that's the way we define it in the law, and it's very important that we make it about serious abusive health harming mistreatment. We're not talking about an arched eyebrow, an inadvertent glance. And it's also not conflict. It's very important that people understand it's not traditional conflict, therefore it will not be solved by the traditional tool. So what you're saying is this is a health and safety issue in the workplace. Yes. So it's a health and safety issue. That's uh, not conducive to a healthy workplace environment if you have this kind of atmosphere of bullying. And we actually have some videotape. Uh, it turns out that there was apparently uh, a, a bullying incident uh, in the Richmond School District in California. And unfortunately, in this instance, the teacher who complained about the bullying was actually made a victim for complaining.
complain about bullying. And her name was uh, Jenny Moe. So we're going to go to that uh, audio uh, videotape and we'll come back to you and get some details. Welcome back to Labor on the Job. And that was the story of one teacher who uh, apparently was the victim of bullying, uh, not only against her, but she tried to stop the bullying against her students. Now, what do you think about this, this story here? Is this uh, ring some bells as to what's happening? It really rings bells with me um, because that's classic what happens in a, in a school district. And being an administrator and having been an administrator for so many years, if you're an administrator who will not join in with the targeting and mobbing that one person, then you become a target. And that basically is what occurred with, with me, is not wanting to join in. And, and refusing to, and you become you become a list. You get on the list too. <laughs> You're on the, on the bad list. <laughs> you get on the now. This idea of mobbing. What what is exactly mobbing, Carrie? Uh, mobbing is a colloquial term used most often in European uh, theater to uh, suggest a group of people that will go after a, a single individual target. And um, it seems to get lost a little bit in the translation in the United States. Uh, but oftentimes, uh, bullies are a single individual who will target one person. But a really good bully has years of experience knowing how to manipulate other people into helping uh, perpetuate the abuse that a target uh, suffers. So this is sometimes a long-going practice. Uh, Dr. Nami? Bobbing and bullying are, are synonymous. It's just they, the founder of the whole international movement and you can trace it back to the, the mid-90s of the research. Uh, the fellow's name was Heinz Lehmann. He was uh, a German researcher. Actually, he was a German interior decorator, turned psychiatrist. And he, uh, so his career paths aren't always linear, you see. And he established the world's first work trauma clinic, and he had about 60 folks who had been seriously emotionally injured at work, and he studied them. And he was the first to document the linkage between this severe form of mistreatment, which he did not want to call bullying because he reserved it for the childhood stuff. And so he made it, he called it mobbing. Therefore, it's the European term. But it is the same phenomenon. And, and the marvelous thing about Lehman's work, first articles were published in the early 90s, uh, was that he, he saw a form of PTSD, post-traumatic stress, as severe, if not more severe, than folks from war zones and folks that suffer natural disasters and the rest. And this is a major, and you talked about health harm. That is one of the most extreme ones. And actually at this table here, the, the, I, I don't know about Rhea, but I know these two women, Ruth and Carrie, have suffered uh, PTSD. And uh, Carrie's had a very, and she, she can tell her own story. But that's how severe so it gets. So it's very uh, stressful and, and physically debilitating to be under this kind of a circumstance. Now, Bill, you were teaching at uh, Lady College and, and uh, you were under this kind of bullying and, and attack. What, what happened with you? Well, I was uh, actually, I was um, the chair of my department, and I kind of came to the defense of another individual who was subjected to what I considered to be mistreatment. And much as perhaps what happened to the teacher in that video clip, I then became the target of... Uh, you were the problem. I became the problem, and I was targeted with various forms of abuse. Um, I was. I found myself living in a, a hellish kind of Alice in Wonderland, make-believe nonsense world where logic was ignored. There was no due process. There was no justice. Uh, 
it made no sense to me until a friend of mine who herself had been targeted uh, told me about the book that Gary and Ruth wrote called The Bully at Work. And I read that book and things began to make sense. That is, I was still living in a crazy, insane world with no justice, but I understood it because it was described in the book. And, I mean, Rhea, what, what happens to somebody who comes under this uh, kind of pressure? I mean, if you don't go along with, you know, going after target. somebody with the target, I mean, in other words, you either you are the target or you're not going to go along with going after the target. You're, you're the problem. What do they say to you? I mean, why? Well, in school districts, you, you often don't know, and you, you don't know that you are actually stepping on someone's told because they're all in really in it in it together and and in my case it was just simply at a school site and trying to just put some systems in place that were not there in place and just by doing that simple task as an attendance system of how students would if they were tardy or 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 uh, absent how they would what kind of system was and and the principal was very close to the attendance person, and so so they had an arrangement, and they didn't want you in. And and you can just walk into something like that, and then you're or um, a teacher that that they're targeting, and they don't want them to be the department chair, and so they want that person out, and they would like for you to join in to help get that person out of that position. And if you ask questions or you just don't join in, you're exposing this behavior, this intimidation. And and I really believe that it it is personal. It it has nothing to do, especially in in a school district, it has nothing to do with the achievement of young people. It has to do with this is this person's personal beliefs or that this is what they want to see happen to another person. They want to see you oppressed under under them and it satisfy them. Well, this workplace environment, Dr. Well, we're just going to back up Bill and just say that this thing about um, isolating the target and and if you if you go to the target, if you if someone is targeted, nobody else wants to be with you. What happened to me? Is, is very similar is that when I went to my coworkers, I was working um, in a big medical clinic and doing uh, work as a therapist. And I what, went. Was this at a hospital? This or? was at a big hospital system, yes, in in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And what I, was it? Are you talking at about a it? big hospital system okay. in the Bay Area. <laughs>
um, in front of people, she would criticize me if I made a move. She would yell at me in the halls. She would yell down the halls at me. Everything you don't do in a setting where you're treating clients, patients, wherever you are in a quiet clinical setting. And she did it day after day, month after month. And when I asked my coworkers to help me, they said, oh, no. You know what? We'd rather not go to lunch with you. In fact, why don't you eat lunch by yourself and have your breaks by yourself and we'll just be over there. And you can just do that because then if she doesn't see us with you, she won't pick on us because we're with you. They were grateful they had Ruth. They thanked her. Thank God it's your hair. So you're you're, you're, you're not taking yeah. you're taking the girl. You're yeah. taking the punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had of us. So, they were, so they were totally intimidated by this this bullet. Oh. Yeah, they always mm-hmm. they cower here. Let me interject four characteristics of targets we know from our research. And it's a heck of a portrait. Independent, self starting people. That frustrates the crap out of a bully because it's all about their need to control someone else. They're so narcissistic they want to control another person. And if you have your own identity and ego strength and you dare to stand on your own two feet. Well, pity to you. Second is that you're technically more skilled, so you know the job better, almost almost always. Sometimes the bullies are considered bright star performers, but not truly. They're backed up by the targets who make them. They're threatened by somebody who might know more than And the second threat comes from the third reason they're better liked. They can't stand someone else being well-liked. And the fourth is that they're ethical whistleblowers. Everyone who is a whistleblower, is tormented, is bullied. Not everybody who's bullied is a whistleblower. What got Carrie into trouble was her ethicality. Go ahead, tell them how you told them how you caught him cooking the books. Well, I was uh, watchdogging soft money funding intended for the uh, education of immigrant children. And I have a background in school finance, and I'm married to a CTA who's an accounting professor. So I had access to information, and um, the uh, school superintendent came into a California school district and bled the district in 10 months from the uh, very much in the black to very much in the red and needed to uh, come after the funds that I was watchdogging, but mostly had to get rid of me so I wouldn't let other people know so, so he wanted you out of the way. He wanted me out of the way, and it took him 10 months to destroy me. I thought my good work would protect me. Um, I loved my job, and uh, was uh, I was quite good at it, and, uh, re- you know, really enjoyed it. Uh, but, um, you know, after about six months, I was starting to get quite ill. And what did this person do to, to torment you? He stalked me on the job. He cornered me alone. He uh, dismembered my work. He disenfranchised me from circles. He took me off committees. Um, He finally assaulted me in the district office hallway. I thought he was going to land his fist in my teeth. So he was a very violent, it turned into a He was a third larger than I am. And I was mortally fearful of him. Um, I knew I had enough information to put him in jail. I just didn't realize no one would care or that there was no one to tell. And the school district, what did they do about that? Um, they um, they basically kicked him upstairs. Uh, to, so they gave him a better job. Well, uh, they told him to go to his office and, and spend his life finding a new job. Um, they Five years after the fact, three school board members did apologize to me. But in the meantime, it was shuffled under the rug, and he was moved on to another California 
school district where he did it again. And within, so there was a pattern. Of absolutely, he was a serial bully. And after nine months, they subpoenaed me for a restraining order that one of the teachers had to take out against him because uh, she was the president of the teachers union and she and her sister who were on the school board got too close to the money. So um, oftentimes uh, in the course of uh, our advocacy work, we find people who are in the position of whistleblowing, they don't get a chance to pucker and blow because the bully sees them and takes a run at them before they ever get a chance to do anything. And we're talking about counterproductive. We're talking about the best and the brightest these bullies take out. Yeah. The the union president, because this is a labor show, I just want to, is my memory right? She was rendered incontinent? There was was a teacher at the next school district who had to quit her job because she just, she would lose it. He made many. He, he, this man had a string of educators up and down the state that he had trauma. Yeah, I mean, the fear that workers have, they have to support their families. They have to pay oh, the yeah. bills. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on, on workers to maybe ignore or, or try to live with it or escape mm-hmm. from it. But what you're saying here is that's not the way to handle this. Well, and, and, and also, I think even in school districts, we have to we're forced to pay union dues and we're, under a lot of, and we're under contract and a lot of times if the bully is your superior because a bully can also be someone who's not your superior but it's the person with the most influence can use an evaluation and give you an unfavorable unjustified evaluation it happened to me and there's no recourse for you you can't even grieve the content of the evaluation. So they're able and the system supports them in doing it. And so you are just sitting there without any any support. Well how did you overcome that? A lot of a lot of family, um, um a lot of a lot of praying. I'm a firm, firm believer in and creator. I'm still um dealing with it because it I'm I'm very fearful with with school districts and I and I don't trust the system because because of it and and it's still not a lot of opportunity for for me to have access to the human resources department or to unions and let them know that these are the types of things that are happening in in school districts and you're losing really good people that the best people just Having a little bit of issue with the internet connection. Um, the video just stopped and it's uh, it's loading up. Uh, hopefully, it will uh, very shortly. Just bear with me.
Okay. Um, I don't know what happened, but uh, I lost the internet connection. Um, that's particularly uh, playing YouTube videos. I also have Facebook open in the videos on Facebook. It shows just fine. So uh, I may have to go and reset my uh, internet connection, reset my router. Just give me a sec. You know, this happens from time to time. Of course, I am. You know, it, it, it has to be <laughs> the purpose, really. Never. Um, Opportunity. All right, here, here's the video. You have access to the Human Resources Department or to unions and let them know that these are the types of things that are happening in, in school districts, and you're losing really good people. That the best people, just the, 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 just the best people that they that are there for the the them. young um, young people. I'm looking at the uh, teacher in West Contra Costa, and that's that. Well, that was a very stunning thing. The teacher was very dangerous, <laughs> but well, to actually bring police onto a campus to to take the teacher out, I mean, and then put the teacher in jail. They were mad at her, and they were somebody mad at her. was mad at her, and obviously. they had the institutional power to do it. That's the thing. When in the when the union doesn't have in its bargaining agreement language an anti-bullying provision, then it's probably stuck with only what the human resources department has, and that is in turn a policy only reflective of what the current state of the state and federal laws are. And that is discrimination is out. If you're a member of a protected status group and, and this is what's totally misunderstood. And your harasser, abuser, bully is not a member of protected status group. You might be in luck to at least threaten a loss, and then that means you can transfer all your wealth to an attorney. That doesn't mean you're going to win. But what's amazing is 50% of all bullying is woman on woman. So when it's same sex, same race, you get no bang for the buck out of current laws. Employers are totally non-responsive, and they blow it off. And might I say, you're hearing from education and healthcare people here. Those happen to be the two groups that call us, call our institute the most seeking help. What do you have going on? Why? Why? Because you've got an, an easily exploitable workforce of people who are do-gooders, they have a pro-social orientation, they want to help heal, sick, heal the sick, educate the world, empower others, and all that. And they're so right because their nose is to the grindstone. Gary said it. I love my job. I focus on my job. But the bully is an exploiter, Machiavellian backstabber who's going to sense who's going to be vulnerable because of the overinvestment in their job. And that's who they attack. And they do attack the best and brightest. Turnover is what should drive the employer crazy and teach them that bullies are too expensive to keep. Rather, they say, go down there and clean up that unit, so they become the henchman for someone else. They're a mid-level supervisor doing the executive's dirty work. Or they're mortified at the top that this is allowed to happen, and they're, too, they're also afraid to confront the bully. The bully threatens them with lawsuits, and they just do it with impunity. So rather than dealing with the problem, basically the easiest avenue, they think, is to just let this thing happen let it and, go away. and let that person disappear makes the person disappear and yeah. then the problem is over. Yeah, it costs one and a half times 
a worker's salary to just replace them, just to replace them at cost that much. That doesn't talk about them down the road. doesn't talk about all the other workers around them that have been hurt. This affects other workers tremendously. Well, that atmosphere, the environment oh. of intimidation, of terror, uh, I mean, physically threatening people, you, you can't okay. talk to people, you're isolated. Yes. I mean, yes. this is, a, 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 as you said earlier, a hellish situation. Well, our, none of us are none of us are young. All of us. I, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> you're young at heart anyway. No, but I'm saying well-established in our careers. It's not like we just went into a job and That's made it. this up. This is like, no. These are the competent ones. We worked yes. hard to get where we were. We were all people who, who had jobs and worked hard, and, and we needed our jobs. All of us need our jobs. I think everybody Everybody is show, trying to do the best they can. You need your job. You up. need your benefits. It's not that. You're, you're not willing to give up a job. I stayed on this job. I've been with this hospital system for a long time. I wasn't just with this phony, and I left. I stayed on that job. So did you try How did you try to deal with it on, on a job? And I went to my supervisor, and I was told, can't do anything. Um, how did I deal with it? I threw up before I went to work. I stopped my car on the 37 and pulled it over and threw up. I had migraine headaches at work. And she did not tell me. I didn't tell my Because friend. of the shame involved with it. So in the absence of bargaining language, in the absence of what what can people do, we have a success story. Actually, all of these women These are the people that stood up and said, I'm going to find out what's going on, and try to organize to, to deal with it. And that's why you've come together, why you're not only educating people, but you're actually organizing. Because yeah. you know, what you're saying is if you organize, you can actually do something about it. Is that the, I think, a lesson from the debate? You Bill, might be able to. Bill, you were able to do something, <laughs> ladies. I mean, yeah. How were you able to overcome that fear and intimidation and that kind of thing? Well, I guess the major step, uh, well, I read Darian Luke's book, and I realized that it was important to expose the bully. I figured I'd been there for 32 years, and I had a stellar career, and I would just, I went public with the accusations against me. It's embarrassing to put forth publicly the fact that I'm being accused of various things, but they were lies and they were false. And I would figure I'd put my career on the line against my, the people accusing me and saying, look at what they are doing to me. I was lucky that my colleagues in the math department at Laney uh, stood with me and passed a resolution calling for these charges to be investigated. And that began the process. And I took those steps after I learned about the concept of bullying uh, from Gary and uh, Ruth's book. And then over the course of the next couple of years, uh, through various uh, bits of good fortune and a great deal of hard work, uh, we eventually got to the point where uh, there was a new management in charge in the district, and there was a, an anti-bullying policy that was passed by the board of trust by the uh, the board of trustees. So it became a political issue, in other words. I made it a political issue about Bill, but the whole. I intentionally I intentionally made it a political issue. I basically I know a lot about mathematics because I teach it. I didn't know anything about politics. I sort of had to invent politics on the fly. How does how does one do politics? Um, and. Uh, so I, I made the issue political. I tried to intentionally make it their problem. Uh, it was certainly my problem when I was threatened with termination. It was my problem when they ordered me evicted from my office. They ordered you evicted from your office? Oh, yes. I fought that. I fought the termination threat. I fought everything they did to me. There, I think I itemized it in various places. There were a half a dozen or ten different assaults on me. 
I fought back against every one of them. And at one point, when the chancellor at that time, not the current one, and the head of HR at that time, there were a half a dozen top administrators allied against me. And I felt I had them surrounded. And I felt I had them surrounded because I had the truth on my side, and it was only a matter of time. And it took two or three or four years, depending on which particular events you look at, but eventually I was able to push back all the false accusations, all the lies, all the dishonesty. And so it was a battle. It was a humongous battle. Long war. Yeah. And, you, felt, but you, you felt that you had no choice. I felt I had no choice because the alternative was to accept uh, this, uh, accept the dishonesty, accept the injustice, and I, it just wasn't in me to do that. And did your union help you out? Yes, they did. The union uh, took various positions that, uh, uh, well, they did help me. There were leaders in the union that worked on my behalf, that fought for my rights. Uh, every time management did something that violated my rights, uh, there was, or on many occasions, people in the union stood up for me and said, no, you're not allowed to do that. The contract says this, the law says that, whatever it was. They so actually having a contract provided you more rights than if you were in a non-contract situation. Absolutely. Now, management uh, didn't abide by the contract. Uh, I mean, there was a contract. They were obligated to do certain things in accordance with the contract. They didn't do that. But at least we could then point out they were violating the contract for whatever that was worth. And, and we got some mileage out of that. Now, most workers in California are not in unions or in So you're talking that the majority of people have no even contract or union to even go to. So what does that mean for these kind of workers? Nothing. The doctrine of employment at will or whim is what, what operates. And if they don't like you on a given day, they can terminate you. They, people have been terminated for, not, for refusing to sit down to come into a meeting because I'm going to chew you out because I'm your boss. No, I'm not going to sit down. Sit down, sit down. No, no, I'm going to fire you. And they terminate them on it, and they make it stand. These institutions are crazy. It's an upside-down world. So what people can do, three steps, is name it. There's tremendous power in naming it because it legitimizes the function. It legitimizes the experience. If you go down to human resources, like Rhea said, she could, she could have. But HR, I got to tell you, HR does nothing to help. They are they're helpless, hapless, toothless, gutless. I can't figure out why HR doesn't really care about their organizations more. But they're not the executives, so they don't have to, they don't make the rules. The point is, if you go down to HR and you do not fit the narrow categories of illegal harassment, what happens is you're treated as an illegitimate troublemaker. Grow with thicker skin. Go back. Learn to cope with it. Don't you understand that's just how he is? Like a codependent dealing with an alcoholic. Step two, you need to take time off. This is in the absence of a contract or a law. And there is no state that has a law, so this is everybody's world um, in the U.S., which is an embarrassment. We're the last in industrialized nations to do anything. But step two is take time off. Check your mental health, your physical health. See if any company policies are violated. And then get busy by distracting yourself with building the business case. What Bill did very, very expertly was to show that his nutcase bully was costing the institution and was a blight on the place as opposed to someone who was a hero. Step three, take that data that you've gathered and you see that distracts you from sitting and mourning the loss because this is you mourn the loss of your identity and the job and the career and everything that you have chosen. And instead of focusing on the loss, you are empowered. I know that word has lost so much meaning because so much management has stolen the word, but if you will seize back control of your life by building the business case, and step three is go tell them. 
why we love Bill is he took the story up. Okay, I love <laughs> Oh, I heard I love you, man. Okay. <laughs> what, what I, the reason I always send, I, I love to send Bill to talk to the press is because everyone is fearful. The worst case scenario thinking is, oh, my gosh, what will happen? And that's what the bully wants. Yes. And how could it be worse than throwing up every Sunday night? You get what they've told you. That is unconscionable. The bully wants you totally terrorized. Totally down. So that you'll just go along and you'll keep quiet and you'll do do as he says. And that's why they terrorize the cult. 58% of the bullies are women. Let's not let them off the hook. They terrorize the coworkers also to make sure they have no trouble. Don't you see if the group were to just surround them at the table and say, we know what you did, you're going to stop, and we're going to out you, okay? However, they would back down, if, but it's so hard if, to do. Yeah, if this person gets away with it over and over, yeah. over mm-hmm. a long period of time, mm-hmm. the opposite and the record, people see that and say, well, nothing can be done about They're it. They're necessary. And, you know, and, and Bill and I work uh, together at Laney, and, and he's the one who got me into what this bullying is and um, but I also like to say what what was good about Bill is he actually had some conscious people that they were at the level because it cannot be done in a system where even the people the HR people the in my case the superintendent the superintendent is a bully so they're going to support all their little bullies um, it's the chain of command they want it's there they want. and and so in this Bay Area school district it's really heavy because it's been there. This has been the culture for for 30 years. And so in my case, it's basically landmark in a sense because it just doesn't happen where anyone prevails. And and I prevailed by just having the union contract and being very strategic and and showing that they had violated the contract. contract. And, and, And although... They're very, they're quite arrogant. They're they're quite arrogant, and so they will make mistakes along the way too. So that's another. So you have to, you have to, you're in a war. You're actually in a war. war. You have to be strategic. It's your Absolutely. You have to be. Absolutely. That's your job. Absolutely. You're in a battle. Absolutely. And the reason I'm bringing that up is it's for the the people who are in an organization uh, like mine where. It's throughout, so you have to be very, very conscious and and strategic because they're they're that arrogant. The bully is, is going to be that arrogant that they're going to make another mistake. And that's how they bully. They're arrogant. I can do whatever I want. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. They absolutely. absolutely. I have all the power. Absolutely. You have nothing. You have nothing. And then that's how they've been surviving on the lives of other people in the organization who. They're like, I don't want that to happen to me. Look at her. Mm-hmm. As an example. And this is an example look of what at her. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so I was 34. I, I'm, I'm like Ruth. I had been 15 years with a stellar career as an educator, and it just took one person and people that I'd been teaching with for a number of years and, and collegial with, they ran away from me because they – it can happen to her, and she has these great evaluations and programs, and if it can happen to her, it may happen to me. Everybody's vulnerable. Yes. For, for a serial bully, a target is a notch in the belt. 
uh, it is like a war. You know, I I received shell shock, classic shell shock symptoms from it. It affected my speech, caused me to be spastic on the right side of my body when I'm under stress. And um, uh, I was, again, the target of a serial bully. And I mean, this is kind of the criminal thing. This person oh, apparently was covering up financial mismanagement. Yes. And yes. in order to cover up his financial mismanagement, he punished you. Yes, and get the charge out of it. Uh, this uh, person was known to get people aside who he'd gotten one on and, and in their face say, gotcha. I mean, really... Um, psychopathic. That, well, absolutely psychopathic. Well, that's, that's what we're talking yes. about, psychopathic. Yes, Gary can expand upon that. Extreme narcissist. It's interesting that Heinz Lehmann, the first German researcher when he was in Sweden, and he writes this first article, and he says that why should work be like a war zone? Thus, post-traumatic stress is was initial, initial, uh, initially thank you, <laughs> categorized as a war wound. But it isn't just a war wound. We have people on the job that are getting this and suffering terribly from it. And nobody should have to suffer that way from going to work. Well, people want to do their job. They want to try to do the best they can. And then Part there, human there is this environment yeah. where that really becomes impossible. Right. Because third of your life. That's one yeah. of the things I noticed. Uh, was mo- one of the many things that was most interesting to me was that folks who are targeted, one of the things they most commonly say is, I just want to be left alone to do my work. I know I felt that extremely yeah. powerfully. I love working with my students. I love creating material. I love what I do. And I was unable to do that. And it was a, a source of great pain for me. But I talked to many other targets who all told me the same thing. If they would only leave me alone, I could get back to doing what I like to do. But you're not left alone. One thing I learned from Gary and Ruth's book is that no target chooses to be placed in that situation. Being, be, being a target takes you by surprise. So, like so in order to deal with this, what you're saying is you have to face it. Oh, there's you no choice. You cannot go away from it. You cannot try to ignore it. That's an unhealthy way of dealing with what you're facing. You, you can't ignore it. They come after you. I mean, when, when you're the soldier on the battlefield and they're shooting at you, you can't say, well, there aren't any bullets here because there are bullets there. And one of them is hitting you, or maybe a lot of them are hitting you. You can't ignore it. It's there. And that's what you would say to other people. What, you've, got to, you've got to deal with it because there's no way of getting around it. There, there are times sure. as an advocate that we, we tell people, seriously consider getting another job. If you are in a bad organization, as a wounded uh, target, you're not likely to be able to change it, and you may want to save yourself. You may want to get a new job. Um, Many times people stay until it's too late, until they have... They can't get another job because it's totally destroyed. Well, they're so... Debilitating as a result of this kind of uh, workplace environment. It's terribly hard to interview for a new job while you're stuttering. And that's what happened to me. And in education also, a lot of folks don't realize that even if you try to get out, the bullies sabotage you at your next school district. So they'll go after you even if you're They'll go after you because they really don't want you, they don't want you to be employed. So you're going back there to work at the school. Oh, really, what happened to the bullies? Uh, the, the bully bullies. was promoted. The bully was promoted. The bully was promoted. So is this a common thing that oh, yeah. the, 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 the bully was promoted? 
And and the and the strange thing is I'd only met the superintendent one time and that was at my initiating it and it was only for about five minutes and the superintendent talked as if he had actually observed me in in, in my work. And so it's really scary because when you try to in my experience you try to get out and and they call the school di- well, I know a few people they call the, the boarding school district and they sabotage so basically they're saying so they're they want you to stay here destroying your and career. we want to destroy you here. If you destroy you and, and so you're so you are totally paralyzed and, and your life is really destroyed. This this is it sounds like a totally disastrous for yourself, oh. for your family. Oh, it is. I mean it's it's really a disaster. And one of the Sorry, yeah. I was just going to say, Jerry and I have talked to over 4,500 people on the phone in the last 10 years who've talked to us about their cases, these targets, and they say, what should I do? And, and you know, after talking to them for like 20, 30 minutes, I'll say something like, well, you know, have you thought about trying to get another job? And they'll say to me, but I love my job. And I'll say, but this is what's happening, and this is what's happening, and this is what's happening. Do you really love your job? And I say to them, the best time to get a job is when you have a job. And like Rhea said, it's so hard not to get that bad rap when you're working. And I always say, try to work it out so that nobody knows you're looking for a job. And try to find a reference that you can get, that you're friendly with. You can give all the list of the things you've done right, so you've got your list, and use that person as your reference so that, that you give yourself in the best light that way because that is one of the big pitfalls of being bullied is when you try to get out of the situation. You're blocked. You're blocked. And, I mean, apparently it seems that the bully is promoted what they're saying to all the workforce. This is good behavior and this is acceptable, and, you're going to be, and this is you're going to be rewarded if you do this kind of activity, which leads to a, even a further unhealthy situation yeah. where the people that are bullied are then put in charge of more people, and it's a, it's a never-ending thing. Now, I mean, you're trying to organize against this. Let's talk and, about solutions. Okay, solutions. Because the things that Ruth and I actually um, run a consulting company that actually is brought in by employers who do want to deal with it. So we know how to fix it, but it takes an executive who wants to fix it. The vast majority of American firms don't want to fix it because it's just what you said. Uh, someone's doing my bidding, we've created this legendary status, we've promoted the person, what do we do now? This is obviously what our culture is about. You heard it. I love it. You've all said work environment. That's the code word for European researchers who look at this. But in America, it's onesies, twosies. Individualism is what allows bullying to thrive. It needs shame and secrecy, picking off people one at a time, and then doing settlement agreements with gag orders so people so don't private, talk so about it's it. private and nobody knows about it. That's it's right. Problem. So it's going to have to take a public societal solution to get at it because what do employers respond to? Laws. Let's get real. They didn't sit there and say, boy, our women are mistreated. Walmart, two million women. Gee, they're mistreated. We better, we better just craft the policy and do that. No, no. Until there's a law, and it shows you even when the law is there, they'll ignore it. Point is, Laws compel employer policies and actions. So we crafted, with the help of a Boston law professor, came to us seven, eight years, or came to us in 2000, 1999, and said, eventually you're going to need to have an anti-bullying law. 
go state by state. And until very, very recently, the federal climate has not been conducive, even talking to federal legislators. Although we're about to mount a federal campaign, but that takes a little bit more preparation. But since 2003, we have introduced with, with Carrie and Ruth and I got the first bill in California introduced. These two women told their stories. I held the Kleenex box. The lawmaker said, you're right. This what is what lawmaker was that? Um, he's out of the assembly now. His name is Paul Perez. So there was a bill introduced in California. AB yeah. 1582 in the year 2003. Now, it died in committee and didn't go any farther. Now, in 11 states since then, well, counting California, there have been 11 states adopting 23 versions of the Healthy Workplace Bill. We will have a state eventually push it over and and then try and stop bullying. The irony is the bill the bill ties in the language of work environment and it's called it actually outlaws or forbids an abusive work environment and it never mentions bullying. Because we know that sometimes if you say bullying it gets snickers and hee 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 all that kid stuff. This but what we've talked about here tonight about kids is health and safety. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is that bill that takes our original definition and codifies it. So we need to have a law in each state to make employers pay attention to it. Now Bill, as a result of some work that you've done, uh, you had an article in the San Francisco Chronicle on, on bullying. And also I understand there's a resolution that was passed by the San Francisco Board of Supervisors. Yes, I, I, the San Francisco Board of Supervisors just considered a resolution, and I was told that it was passed, although now not 100% sure that it's been passed yet. I think it was. In any case, it does direct. I was present. I spoke to the Board of Supervisors. I see. Um, it, it looked on the surface as if um, Supervisor Sandoval would simply offer the resolution and it would pass. And for some strange reason, it was uh, asked, to be sent back into committee and studied for 60 days. And uh, Supervisor Sandoval was quite shocked that anyone would suggest that status-blind harassment within the city ranks of, of the city of San Francisco would be okay. Why would anybody, he thought this would be a non-controversial bill. But well, one of the other supervisors said, oh no, this must go into a committee and be studied. And, and so it has been tabled, and we are uh, discussing it uh, tomorrow at the City Hall. But it's been recognized, at least by the supervisors, an issue that has to be looked at. It's been recognized by the issue as a, yes. And there were, there were multiple city workers present to testify at the hearing and so uh, at are, the board so meeting. So they were saying that there were real problems. They were the saying there were real problems, and it, they, they were... Um, there, the most people to speak on any issue at that particular board meeting was that issue, and it went up as a blaze. There's, there were so problems. So people are concerned about it. People are very and concerned about it. And may I suggest that they probably feared retaliation. That took great courage to come forward. Very and also in the city of Berkeley, uh, California, where I live, Bria and I and a, a third uh, colleague spoke to the uh, labor commission of the city of Berkeley, Commission on Labor, and they uh, have taken some action to publicize the problem of workplace bullying to bring that awareness of that issue to the Berkeley community. So this issue of educate people about what it is, first of all, that it's not just an individual situation, it's a systemic problem, okay. and it's a problem of health and safety in the workplace for everybody Yes, is, is yes. important. And also that you can't have a productive workplace if you have a situation in which people are tormented. Yeah, by the it's the elephant in the labor living, living room of the United States. And 
do you see, I mean, apparently there's more interest in it uh, because, because there's a lot of problems. I mean, when workers, this happens to workers, they go out in disability, they go on, is this what happens? They, and, 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 they, and, and I know specifically and just in the education industry at the K-12 through level, many of the workers don't even know what it is. And so what I what I've done as a result is started an organization that helps school districts to recognize if they're going to have bullying policies for young people, that these behaviors need to be in place for young people, then if they grow up, they become a bully in the superintendent of the school. So I'm trying to help them through my organization. And what have your organization? It's Behave Gateway to Civility and Dignity in the Educational Workplace. And I want... uh, school districts to see that parallel, that if we want our young people to behave on the playground and in the high schools, then superintendents, principals, teachers, parents, everyone in that community, we all need to behave. At all levels. At all levels. You can't just do it for the kids and have it for the adults. And one of the things that has happened is, and we've done other shows on the case of bullying of of postal workers, is workplace violence is sometimes the result of the situation. Uh, Dr. Naney? If it's, gone, if it's gone horribly, horribly wrong, it can be. The trouble is we don't want employers to be able to say, well, bullying leads to violence. The target is the likely offender. Much more likely the violence is coming from, and the psychological form of violence is already coming from the bully. The Quebec law in the province of Quebec, the only North American law we have, defines bullying as psychological harassment. So, I mean, it can be considered, and NIOSH, National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health, after 05, has has considered bullying a form of workplace violence. So the violence is already occurring, but it's the perpetrator is the aggressor to bullying. But the, the, some employers would like to think, well, that's a, that's a soft, thin-skinned uh, uh, target who's going to just explode at any time. What are they going to explode over? Over the frustration from not hearing not, that's, oh, I forgot to say that. I think this is an important point. These highly credible, highly skilled veteran workers are not bullied. When you first report that you're bullied, the first response to the organization is, doesn't happen. Doesn't happen here. I don't want to hear it. Can't be, can't be, can't be, can't be, can't be. Not real, not real. Not you're real. making it up. It's all unbelievable. unbelievable. Or they say it's a personality conflict. <laughs> So a personality conflict. Yeah, they they don't see it as a case of an attacker and a person. uh, And that's a way of really not dealing with it. Is that what happens when you say it's a personality conflict? And you will hear the opposition to the state laws in every state house we've been involved in. And I must say, I want to credit the California Healthy Workplace Advocates. The grassroots group here is the best organized. We have a good one in New York and one in New Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey and Georgia. But the California has gone miles uh, beyond every other group, and so like, people are getting organized. Yeah, absolutely. And people yeah, are but educating the, but them. But the businesses come back with some sort of way to individualize and say it's just between two people. When what we've all concluded, I think, safely in this roundtable is it's environmental, it's work environment, it's institutional, and sometimes it's industry wide. Well, what was interesting in this video uh, with the teacher is it's. It's the teacher, her problem. It's not a That's systemic right. problem. And, and why would a teacher who's taught there so many years end up being arrested? I mean, it seems completely irrational that a teacher ends up in jail 
for, for kidnapping your students in a grammar school? I mean, it's just, it's just a culture. That is the culture, and, yeah. and I hope that when folks see the the video of her, they, and they can start questioning what's actually going on inside of schools because no one thinks that it's going on, but it is. And so if students are bullying, if students are bullying each other, they're getting it from the adult bullies. Yeah. 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 So if it's unacceptable at all levels, it won't happen among the kids, and it should Absolutely. happen under the adults. So that's a real problem, the bullying that is permeates apparently that district. And, and the, the victim is a teacher who actually stood up and said, no, Absolutely. I'm not going to accept this bullying. Your teacher's bullied? Wow. Okay, let's do I that. Yeah. And now here's a radical thought. We're a society that baby has been endorsing torture. How are we going to send a message that aggression in the workplace is not acceptable? We've got to get back on track to say this is intolerable. So, anyway, I mean, that's the broadest societal context, and that can confuse the issue. And we're talking but about a healthy environment yeah. for working people, Employers for students, for society, because an unhealthy workplace environment, from what you're saying, yeah. is unhealthy for your family, it's unhealthy for everybody. I mean, that's. And it loses money for the employer. Are they in business to deliver public service and education and, and higher ed? Or, or to, to develop a profit. Come on, this is eroding your bottom line. It's eating you alive. So stand up and stop the bullies. They're not that hard to stop, but no, no power is here. And the question, too, that I think needs to be asked is, why can't, if you have checks and balances for me, why can't you have checks and balances for everyone? If, it, if it's the superintendent, the superintendent still needs to have checks. Every, everybody has to follow the same rules. Everyone needs to follow the same rules. Okay, well, I want to thank all of you for thank joining us you. tonight, and uh, this is subject thank is not going to go away. We're going no, to go away. we hope not. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so that was uh, the video. working on the job, and, um, you know, these people here, um, they're targeted at the job, but they're not targeted individuals like you and I. But again, they experience the exact same things that we as targets go through, except ours is worse than what they have experienced. So, I mean, you, you hear you, you heard from a... Uh, teacher, a psychiatrist who was also uh, job up. Okay, she didn't think, she didn't even know that there was such a thing. So, uh, you know, that makes me believe that you know that's why when we as targets, you know, when they like I went to see a psychiatrist, explained you know what was happening, and she didn't understand. And this was, I'm sure she probably knew, uh, but. You know, they probably got to her and she um, uh, tried to treat it as a mental illness issue. And uh, my psychiatrist at the time, she was uh, European. So I knew she knew about mobbing. But when I told her that I've been experiencing workplace mobbing and mobbing in society, uh, so 
disappeared. But I was like, okay, so then you you must know what I'm talking about. No. But again, what's your target? If they get if they get to your psychiatrist, they will probably just you know just write you off a prescription for one of the drugs, and that's it. And that's it. You know. So the psychological toll on victims of uh, mobbing is uh, tremendous, you know, anyway from developing anxiety to uh, being fearful to uh, depression. And then all of this can lead to turn into physical illness, you know, uh, throwing up, as you heard the uh, doctor talked about on her way to work, uh, she would stop the highway along the highway and she would throw up before she go to work. And I mean, I, I never grew up, but I, I remember feeling very fearful getting up in the morning to go to a job that basically I was being terrorized on at, you know. And uh, I used to, when I hopped on the train, there were a couple of times when I had used to have panic attacks. You know? I was getting anxiety attacks. Um, it, it wasn't pleasant. It wasn't, it wasn't pleasant at all. So, um, but as these uh, people who were on their show talk talk about, they you know they decided to do something about it. They decided to fight back, to stand up, fight back, and go uh, some uh, have, they not have their job anymore. They still uh, fighting and trying to make it uh, become more. Uh, Try to bring more awareness to what's going on, and um, you know, as they said that in California they had uh, introduced a bill that would uh, uh, ban um, or make it uh, a crime to uh, subject any employee to the type of harassment, and they killed it. You know? So it's just let you know that the people who are behind these types of uh, uh, psychological bullying campaign uh, that they are in, you know, they have infiltrated every aspect of, of the society and society in general. And so they will stop every effort that is meant to make what it is they do it illegal and to make that a crime. They will uh, stop every effort to do it. So because they want you, the target, to feel like you're the criminal. You know? So once, if there's a law passed against their Actions, then they will become criminal, and uh, you know they they definitely do not like this. I want that. So uh, you know it, it's it, it is a it is a very difficult thing to um, live through to those who have experienced the type of workplace bullying and workplace mobbing campaign, and um, and it's not an easy thing. You know, and then when you like, you leave the workplace, uh, you're you go to mobbing by society, which is another form of psychological harassment in in and of itself. Um, and this I'm told straight in this case told strangers uh, who are hey some of them are paid to uh, run this uh, psychological campaign against the
And so it is a very difficult thing as a targeted individual that we go through. You know? And uh, as you said, you know, uh, being a targeted individual, it's we are being bullied. Uh, the type of bullying that you receive, it's like bullying on steroids. It's, it's a, an extreme uh, form of bullying. That's the best way I can put it. A lot of TIs, uh, you know, have, have died uh, because of it. Uh, a lot of TIs have hurt other people uh, fatally because of it, and um, it, it 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 needs to be recognized and it needs to be uh, dealt with in, in a way that these perpetrators, these these perps, uh, would think twice about um, doing it. But again, it is very difficult because of the way that it is being done. And you can tell that this is a government uh, program because they have created a program, a psychological harassment program, in which uh, there is nothing uh, the victims of these programs can do legally uh, unless you know they slip up in some way and maybe you can prosecute one or two people who are uh, targeting you. But the minute they they know that you will be gathering evidence, they will change their tactics. Because again, when it comes to a coercive psychological program, uh, their your your environment, your time, everything is being watched closely, and that is how they stay a step ahead of you to prevent you from exposing what it is that they're doing, uh, to prevent you from working to prevent you from having a relationship with anyone, including family, friends, uh, even an intimate relationship, forget that, you know. That's they don't even, they don't want you to have that. They don't want you to have nothing. That's basically it. And um you know, that's all the things that they do. They they condition you, uh, using these uh direct energy weapons, uh that is meant for mind control. Um you know, they condition you using certain tactics such as neuro linguistic programming, um, classical conditioning. Uh, they use these psychological uh, technology to keep you in a state in which your mind um, is has no grasp of reality, and um, you have to fight to get that reality back. You have to fight very hard to get your mind back to a state which you are a uh, a uh, well um, thoughtful, a well-rounded uh, individual. Uh, because in this program, you will definitely lose your grasp of reality. That's for sure. So, um, anyway, uh, I think that will be show for tonight, um, you know, but as targets, you know, we have to stay strong, we have to keep fighting, we cannot give up, we cannot uh, lay down and let them, you know, walk all over us, uh, beat us with a stick, uh, to beat us down uh, psychologically, verbally, uh, physically, and we have to stand up and we have to, uh, to fight them and we have to expose what it is that they're doing and we have to do it in such a way that we become credible in the things that we say and do and um, be the total opposite of what 
they are trying to portray us uh, as or to be, right? And so which is very difficult. You know, you have to recognize and understand what's being done to you in order for you to, um, to fight back. Okay? So um, I'm going to call it a night, and I hope the video was enjoyable. I hope uh, you learned a couple things from the video, and you can incorporate some of the things into your uh, target and, and your bullying. I can help you through uh, you know, the days and the nights that uh, that you're um, to go through what it is that you're going through. Okay. Everyone have a good night, and I'll see everyone again next Tuesday at 11 p.m. Thank you for coming in and uh, in the chat or on the call and uh, debating or not debating. You're always welcome. Appreciate the uh, support. Thank you very much. Good night. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.